TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024, brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Well, 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 good morning. Welcome, it is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. How did everyone make out with the windstorm yesterday, huh? Wow, that was a, that was an event. I also left my backpack in the car, so my ears are cold right now because that's where I keep my headphones. But happy Buffalo Bills game day. Also, Virginia Tech basketball game day. Talk about a great weekend or a great afternoon for sports. Va Tech basketball at two, Bills at four thirty. Let's go, let's go. But first, all the all important hardline, and we've got a packed show for you. So enough of me talking, and right to our guest. Our first guest from Hogan Willig is. Corey Hogan to talk about mandates and uh, the the pending lawsuits that could be. Corey, good morning. Morning, good to talk to you again. Corey, uh, before we get to the uh, to the other stuff, how did uh, you make out in the storm yesterday? Uh, yeah, a few broken branches, uh, power was out, uh, but uh, at the end of the day, uh, got through it fine. All right, good to hear. Good to hear. Um, now that. Starting tomorrow, we will have a state mandate when it comes to masks. How does that change your game plan and your client's game plan going uh, to debate this um, mask mandate? Not only is it statewide, uh, and maybe to some extent it makes it uh, more clean for us in terms of what we're going to be doing, but it's also, it also seems to us a little bit broader in terms of the scope. Uh, it's clear that it covers offices and things of that nature. So. Uh, We've got a Zoom meeting coming up this afternoon, Joe, with uh, the uh, probably, I don't know, somewhere in the range of 250 clients to talk about what they want to do. We wanted to wait uh, till that December 13th date that Mark Polenkars had initially thrown out that, in terms of what he was going to be doing, because uh, half the clients were thinking, let's see what the next step is. Many of them felt that the next piece would be a vaccination mandate. So when... Uh, Governor Hochul came out with her pronunciation, that her pronouncement, I should say, that uh, this is going to be statewide, and at the end of the day, it's going to be actually broader. Uh, now we've got a, 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 I think, a cleaner case to go. We, we, we've already we filed a new case on Friday, in the sense that, that we had having to do with face masks for kids because neither uh, they haven't adapted it correctly. We, we, one of the things that just also came out was that similar to our what's going on in. Erie County and throughout the state is none of this has been done by legislation. It's all by executive fiat. And the Pennsylvania Supreme Court uh, next door threw out uh, one of those executive fiats there having to do with a masking mandate that was imposed by uh, the, the, what they call their, their health secretary in Pennsylvania. Same thing that's going on here. There is, uh, there is no power in the governor uh, when she declares a state of emergency to issue decrees like this. She has a right to suspend laws. So now they, what they do is they play the game. They go over to the health department, and they say to the health department, let's call it an emergency, even though it's been two years, uh, even though things are, despite vaccines and face masks and everything like that, things kind of still seem the same. 
and that's still an emergency, so we're going to give you the power to do it. And again, we're going to do it in a way there's not going to be any debate about it. Because even when the health department imposes rules, they're supposed to put out their thoughts in terms of what they want to do and give people a chance to comment upon it. None of that has been done. Again, this is executive fiat. They're throwing this out there without any justification for it in terms of proof that either face masks work because they don't at the end of the day, other than the N95s, and they're probably 30 or 40 percent effective, or that it's going to have anything to do with reducing transmission because transmission takes place in the home, 75 percent in the house. So what they're doing here, everything else, other health care facilities were about 6 percent. Everything else is about 1 percent. If you go to a restaurant, 1.4 percent. If you go to a hair salon, 0.14 percent, not even one two-tenths of 1 percent. So the transmission is not taking place where they're putting face masks on. It's taking place in the homes. And they're finally admitting that the vaccine doesn't work. It doesn't prevent infection. It doesn't prevent transmission. It does perhaps reduce symptoms. So now we know that if you get the vaccine, you're not preventing transmission. You're not preventing infection. You may be protecting yourself in terms of you know, what the symptoms are going to be like. And that's good. So anybody that wants a vaccine, please get it. You should get it. The likelihood is that the risk is worth it. However, if you want to wear a mask, you should be able to wear a face mask. No one is stopping that. Our clients are saying we are tired of supposedly living in a democracy and being told by a single person how to run our lives when what we are doing is not contributing to the problem. And we are not forcing people to come into our businesses we're not telling them that they can't wear a face mask. We're not telling them that they can't be vaccinated. But please, for something like this, don't throw out the Constitution. Don't throw out individual liberty. And that's what we're getting to right now is that these individuals, a single person, uh, a governor, has made a decision that what she thinks is best for this state of New York or the uh, this president, what he thinks is best for the country, and the courts are starting to pay attention they haven't paid attention for two years. They're no better. They're allowing the Constitution to be run all over the place. And the idea here is that if it can be run all over for something like the, the COVID-19, then it can be run all over for just about anything. And some people are saying, no more. We live in a democracy. We enjoy our freedom. It's important. The average age of death is still 75. And that person that dies is typically four other health problems, and they're not necessarily being killed by COVID. They're dying with COVID. So it's been one big mess that the governments all over the world, not just in our country, not just in our state, not just in our county, but all over the world are imposing upon populations. And, you know, 99% of the world is going along with it. There are some people that are saying we've had enough. We actually enjoy making decisions for ourselves when we get up. We want to decide for ourselves if we want to take a shower, what kind of clothes we wear, where we go to work. We don't need the government telling us how to live our lives. Corey, uh, you mentioned this, and I, I might be asking this question wrong, uh, so forgive me. But, you know, you mentioned it's been two years. They still call it an emergency. Do you think this year, this time around, that it's even a better case for your clients than it was a year ago? That, Joe, depends on the judges. The judges are not reading the studies. No one is reading the studies. The Bangladesh study, which was a big one, they basically had 350,000 people 
that they had half of them basically wearing masks, half of them not wearing masks. Over a course of two months, only 2,100 were infected. 2,100 over eight weeks in Bangladesh, crowded area. Of those people that, you know, half wore masks, half didn't, 1,086 of the infected people had masks. 1,106 did not. So there was a difference there of 20 people when they started with a study of 342,000. They know now, and it's clear, these cloth masks do, don't work. And the surgical masks is what they used here uh, for the most part, and they don't work. They're not designed to prevent a virus from infecting a person. That's not what their purpose ever was. The N95, when it's used, just to be clear about this stuff, it's typically used in healthcare settings where they have additional oxygen provided in the rooms because they understand that to be that effective, you are re reducing the flow of oxygen into that person's lungs. So that's not designed for people to be walking around in all day. And for people not to be giving mask breaks or to be told that they're supposed to walk around with masks on, when the people that are imposing these standards are not reading the studies, they don't know what they're talking about, is wrong. And, and that's what the problem is. I think the truth is going to come out. This Omicron, I mean, here's a real recent example. Oh, my God, Omicron's coming out. Oh, my God, again, here it is. Well, the reality of it is, it's as it should be, typically with viruses, it's more mild and it's probably more transmissible. But at some point, the only thing that works, I hate to tell people at this point, because we don't have a good vaccine, is natural immunity. And our leaders refuse to accept it. They won't talk about it, even though it's the only thing that works. And there's studies on that in Israel. They're not going to be horsing around at the Cleveland Clinic. And the studies are clear that natural immunity is highly, highly inf uh, effective in preventing infection and transmission, much which the vaccine doesn't do, and it never was made to do that. And now they're starting to talk about that. They're, they're horsing around with the hospital beds. They've, they've knocked out 1,000 hospital beds in Erie County. They've taken them offline. Now they use the term staff beds. So now you've only got 2,000 beds rather than 3,000. And then they talk about percentages that are being occupied by COVID patients. Yeah, no kidding. When you knock off one-third of the beds because you fired 10% of the healthcare workers, what do you think is going to happen? The percentage will go up. And there's no question right now. At the end of the day, what's going on is the, vi the virus is very effective against the most recent uh, variations. But the booster itself, to be clear, is still made for the original, what they call wild type, or the alpha variant. It's not, didn't, it's not brought up to speed having to do with the, even the Delta, let it go, the, let it go, the Omicron. And for, you take a booster, yeah, maybe for two, three, four weeks, what they call the provocation period, you may have some benefit there. But it's going to go. And do they, are we supposed to take boosters now every two months for the rest of our lives? Because there's this virus floating around, which is the same thing as a cold. I mean, what is the government doing? Why would they do that to people? They have people, what, they can't leave their homes and what, it's either Austria or Australia. You can't get out of, you can't leave your, that is insane. 
Yeah. Corey, uh, you, know, you talk about the uh, the mask breaks, and I wonder, you know, with, with the schools, and we're hearing certain districts now say that they're not giving mask breaks, um, you know, or as many as they used to. Is there any kind of action there uh, to try to get our kids to at least have mask breaks uh, and not be wearing a mask, you know, for eight straight hours every day? We filed a, a motion on Friday in Albany having to do with the mask mandate for all the kids from two years old up through high school, saying that they didn't adapt it correctly. They, when they do this emergency stuff, they're supposed to do it for 90 days. Uh, and this now they've done it for the third time. They started in June, and they did it again in the, uh, so that it ran on November 4th, so September, October, and uh, in August. So on August 24th, I think is it was, then that ran out. They did it again, and they, they're doing it without hearings. So we filed a motion in front of the judges. I'm not sure they're going to listen, saying you can't do it that way. If you're going to renew it, it's first of all, it's only for 60 days. And secondly, you have to have a comment period. You have to give people a chance to respond. You have to listen. And they're not doing it. They don't want to hear the other side of the story. So part of what our group is trying to do is there's people that say, you know, we, are we, what do we do? Uh, is there is civil disobedience something we should be considering? It's, that's a tricky, tricky thing in a democracy. You don't want to do that. Uh, of course, the, I, it, was, it certainly was effective as far as the, the, the black citizens in terms of the way they were treated. But nothing happened until they got involved in civil disobedience. But, but at the end of the day here, there are people that feel very strongly about their rights, and they beat the crap out of these kids by keeping them out of in-class in, in instruction for a year. The studies are terrible right now in terms of what these kids are going through. Not all of them, but it was not a good year for these kids. And for them to be making these kids wear masks is inhuman. The transmission in schools is 1%. 1%. And if anybody's worried about it, get the vaccine. It doesn't help infection or transmission, but it protects you in theory from symptoms. So go get the vaccine. Get it seven times if you want it. But why are you doing it to these little kids that can't speak for themselves? It's, it's, it's a sin, and we're doing our best to give people the choice. We're not trying to ram down anybody's throats, our beliefs. We're saying give people the choice. If you want to send your kid to school with a mask on, God bless you. But if you don't want to, you shouldn't have to. Let that parent decide what's best for the kids. This is not smallpox. These kids don't die. They don't die. You know, 90% of the deaths are at 60 or 65 years or older. The kids, there's, there's been maybe one death in Erie County in two years, somebody under the age of 18. Maybe. Corey, uh, we um, we see on a, on a national level, but first before I get there, you know, we know here in Erie County, a vaccine mandate's probably around the corner. And we're hearing, you know, teases that fully vaccinated is now going to mean, as you've been mentioning, another booster. Or who knows by the time they finally do it, it could be a third booster or a fourth booster. Sorry. Um, would there be any kind of legal action there? Because now you're going to have people who might have gotten the original vaccine, but don't want to go back and now get another shot, um, and now they're going to be considered non-vaccinated uh, in certain parts when these mandates go in. Do you see any kind of legal action being able there for these now considered fully vaccinated, but two weeks from now, uh, if you listen to Dr. Fauci, uh, might just be the same as an unvaccinated person? 
Yeah, it's kind of weird, isn't it, when they when they say that the vaccine doesn't prevent infection or transmission, and when it's only was developed for the original spike protein, you know, six variants ago, that they still want people to get a booster for something developed a year, year and a half ago. After you know, we have, I think we're in the sixth variant right now, uh, and now they want to impose that upon people. We have an action that we filed uh, again in Albany, uh, having to do with healthcare workers and the vaccine mandate. We will be filing in federal court the constitutional claims with respect to the, uh, uh, the, the vaccine mandate. At this point, you know, there, there, there's, there's, there's a, the federal case going on having to do with the Biden mandate where the Fifth Circuit basically said, you know, you, you, Mr. President, you don't have the power to do something like that. And so now, and there was cases filed all over the country, so they, they moved them all to the Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals and there's going to be at least a federal determination on does the federal government have the authority to do that? Well, I don't think they absolutely have no, don't have the authority without legislation. Uh, they, they, they can't be having, you can't have a dictator call himself the president and tell people what they have to do. You need to have a Congress with the House and the Senate pass a bill and then have the president decide to sign it or not. That's how democracies are supposed to work. And you're supposed to have an independent judiciary that's supposed to take a look at the Constitution, but judges haven't been doing that because they're scared like everybody else because everybody is afraid of dying. That's the way it is. We're all afraid of death to some extent. And when they throw that out to people, people become irrational, and they do things that if they were clear-headed about it, they perhaps wouldn't. So no kidding, no question we're going into state court we already have, and we're going into federal court. Whether we'll end up with a good result or not, I don't know. It depends upon how long it's going to take for the truth to get out there. Does that also go for something federal like um, like on a, a transportation? You know, I flew last weekend, had to have a mask on the entire time in the airport, on the airplane. Uh, have have those also been considered um, in the court? Yes, they, they, they will be, whether it's a federal mandate or it's a state mandate, our argument is the, the, the one in the federal system right now is going to be does the government under OSHA, does the government under CMS, the Medicare stuff, uh, does the government under federal contracts? Can the government in the executive branch basically pass a law and sign it itself and say, uh, no debate, by the way, uh, this is what you have to do to you know, 330 million people? You know, President Biden makes that decision for 330 million people and there's no debate, that, that isn't, that's the definition of insanity. Uh, that should not happen. There should be, we, have, we elect people, that's why we go to elections, to vote in representatives, and if we don't like what they do, they vote them out. But, but that's, so, so yeah, that'll be challenged on airplanes. It'll be challenged throughout the federal system, but then it has to be challenged on a state basis, because federal government doesn't have police power. That is reserved to the states. And every state, typically in their constitution, has the authority to do certain things. And let me be clear, if this was smallpox, and if the death rate there was 30%, and in this case, since the inception, it's clue for Erie County and for the, for the, for the country as a whole and for New York, it's right around two-tenths of 1% of the entire population that has died, and they've all been, like I said, the average age of death in Erie County and the country is close to 75. But regardless of that, if it was smallpox 
and the death rate was 30%, then the state does have the ability to say, you know what, we have to protect our citizens. You can't be running around with smallpox. And what happened in that famous so-called Jacobson case was that was a law that was passed by the legislature in Massachusetts. They voted on it, and they said, this is what's going to happen. Uh, and that smallpox vaccine had been around for over 100 years. That's where the vaccine came from, the name VACA, because it was a, it's a name for a cow. It was cowpox that they used to deal with smallpox, because cowpox was a lot less fatal and it was much safer. It had been around for hundreds of years of uh, dealing with smallpox, because it was such a deadly disease. And they said, yeah, in that situation, the government does have a right to impose a $5 criminal fine. And, uh, and that case somehow is now taken... The, the, the people have looked at that because they don't think it through, and they seem to think that that means that anybody, the county executive, can tell people that they have to wear a mask or they have to be vaccinated before they can, you know, go into a building. The county executive, I mean, where does he get the, the belief that he has the authority to do that? Well, he's been getting away with it. Courts have been allowing it. So maybe that's the new way people want to live their lives. But there are some people that are saying, you know, nope. We, we would be, even if we get beaten down, we still want to have some ability to make decisions for ourselves. Corey Hogan from Hogan Willig. Corey, thank you so much again for joining me, and I'm sure we'll be talking again very soon. I'm looking forward to it. All right, Corey Hogan from Hogan Willig. Coming up next, we are talking to legislator Joe Larigo about the stadium hearings this week, and yes, also about the county executive's handling of COVID 19. All that and much more here on WBEN. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. If your day sounds like... We need the report ASAP. You deserve Medella. If you've persevered through... You deserve this rich golden lager with a crisp but refreshing taste. Or if you overcame... Two more reps, two more. You deserve this ice-cold reward. Medella, the markable fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. Well, welcome back. It is Hardline here on News Radio 930 WBEN. This week we uh, heard from the public, or the Erie County Legislature heard from the public on where they think a stadium should be. And to talk about that and more is County Legislator and Minority Leader Joe Larigo. Joe, good morning. Morning, Joe. How are you? Doing well, Joe. Before we get to uh, all that, how did uh, you fare with the storm last night? 
Uh, really not too bad. I uh, didn't lose power. A couple of Christmas lights came down that I got to fix today. But other than that, we were good. So hopefully you were the same. Good to hear. Yeah, yeah, good to hear. All right, so this week we did have the uh, the hearings on the stadium, and it was three-day virtual hearings. Uh, what did we learn of what the public thinks of a new stadium? You know, we heard from a lot of different people in the public. Uh, you know, it, it really turned into a conversation about, do they want public money being put towards the stadium? Where do they want the stadium placed? And, you know, part of the problem with when we had the public hearings were that the original intention was to hear from the public after a deal had been struck. Uh, the county executive is refusing to listen to the legislature and uh, didn't, doesn't want us part of the negotiations or to give us updates on anything. And my colleagues in the majority caucus uh, scheduled the meetings for before any deal was reached. So really, it just became sort of a wish list session rather than an opportunity for the public really to weigh in on any deal that will ultimately be uh, voted on. Is uh, you personally, do you have a preference of where a new stadium would go? No, I really don't. You know, I, I haven't waded into that debate. I think the most important thing is that we get the best deal for taxpayers. And whether that's, uh, you know, a, a downtown stadium or one in Orchard Park, I think, uh, you know, really it's all going to depend on how much money the Pagulas are going to put forward and what the ultimate cost of any stadium is going to be. You know, we know that a downtown stadium would be more expensive because the infrastructure simply isn't there. Um, and there's also the issue of displacing residents and businesses that currently are in that footprint of the downtown area. Now, you, you mentioned the county executive uh, really not involving the legislature on this. Is there any move to can you go around the county executive to get more involved in this? Is there a move the legislature can take uh, to kind of be in these negotiations with the county executive? Look, it's clear that we're not going to be involved in the negotiations, and that was never our intention. We at least wanted to you know, sit in and you know, witness what was going on before we uh, were asked to vote on any ultimate deal. My colleagues across the aisle uh, changed our resolution and made it so that the county executive would have to come back and give us periodic updates. Since then, the county executive has said that he's not going to give us updates, which is completely uh, flouting the law. And I asked my colleagues across the aisle if they wanted to do anything about it, you know, sue the county executive, force the issue. And, you know, unfortunately, all I heard were crickets. You know, Joe, this, this seems very similar to what's going on with COVID and the legislator, right? Um, with the county executive not really having the legislator involved. You know, you're absolutely right, Joe. Uh, basically, anything in county government, the, the county executive uh, gets his way because we have uh, a Democratic-controlled county legislature that's really content to just sit there and, and you know, put the county on autopilot, allowing Mark cars to make every single decision. You know, it's frustrating being in the minority. I think we've helped, you know, when certain aspects shape some of the policy because, you know, we have a strong minority with John Mills, Frank Tadaro, and Chris Green and myself. But we're four out of 11. And when you have seven Democrats who are completely willing to let Mark cars run the show, you get the county government that, you, that you're getting. You know, just a, a week and a half ago, you know, we raised – we, not we, but the county legislature majority raised taxes $7.5 million when the minority had a proposal to lower taxes by $23 million that would have fully funded every single item that the majority put in their $7.5 million tax increase package. 
Wow. So, Joe, you know, you see what the county executive's doing with COVID. And I, I know this is all speculation, but we saw what happened at the state level. Uh, what are your thoughts on what might happen at the county level this week uh, with the county executive in charge? You know, it'll be interesting after uh, Governor Hochul instituted the mask mandate across the state starting tomorrow. Um, I know uh, that uh, I asked the health commissioner on Thursday what the plans were for this coming week based on you know, the fact that numbers haven't been going down and the mask mandate really hasn't been working. Uh, she didn't give me any sort of straight answer. She said they were going to reevaluate everything Monday and then make their decisions. Um, but I think given the, the backlash the county executive has faced from the mask mandate, I'd be surprised to see uh, him pushing us into a phase two situation. Okay, um, because t- t- it's interesting that the state's you know mandate goes into effect the same day that the county executive is going to uh, re reestablish or look at the phases with the metrics that we don't know exactly what those metrics are. Um, let me ask you, you know, the county executive said in one of his press conferences last week that so many businesses were calling and thanking him uh, for the mask mandate. Have you heard from businesses in your district, and are they saying the same thing? You know, I find it hard to believe that businesses are calling the county executive and thanking him. Um, I've heard from more businesses that are upset about it. Uh, you know, I hear from people in, in every industry that say, look, you know, we got vaccinated. We've been you know, doing everything that we've been asked to do so that we don't have to wear the masks. And, you know, as I told the health commissioner on Thursday, look, I understand that uh, we're in the seasonality effect where numbers are going up because people are getting forced inside. And I think, you know, the way out of it is to do what Monroe County's doing to do what New Hampshire just did. You know, they're providing, you know, statewide in New Hampshire, they're providing free rapid at-home tests to every resident who asks. You know, those tests help people determine whether or not they should be, you know, self-isolating and quarantining and not going out into the public. When you force these uh, these mandates and restrictions on capacity, you're telling people they can't be out in the public and they're going to go home and they're going to congregate with friends and family. And we know from the last time the state issued any sort of uh, community spread information that 73% of that spread was happening at home, and that was in December of 2020. So they haven't released any information since then. But if we know that the spread is happening at home, why are we forcing people you know, not to go out and to stay in their homes where we know that it's happening? You know, it's interesting you say that. I um, I was in New York City last week, and I talked about this on Tuesday, how you can go to any corner in New York City, and I realize, you know, Erie County is not New York City, um, but you can go to any co- uh, any corner in New York City, and there are, is a tent for a free rapid test, and you'll get your results in 30 minutes. And I, I thought it was so interesting to hear um, Dr. Gail Burstein on Tuesday say that, well, if you want a free uh, test, you can call this phone number and (laughs) we might get one to you. It it just seems like this is the same state. It seems so disconnected that we want to do everything via mandates instead of people actually knowing if they have COVID or not. You know, it's a it's a great point. And I said this to Dr. Burstein on Thursday. You know, you want me to encourage masking because of the situation? I'm happy to do it. You know, I I understand that, you know, that 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 might play a, a factor in helping eliminate, you know, the, the high number of cases. I'm more than happy to encourage people to wear masks, but I think the mandates are not the way to do it, and you're also pushing people to rebel against those mandates. You know, nobody wants to be told what to do. The legislative process has been circumvented. We know there are other ways to deal with the situation, but we have a county executive and a health commissioner who are really more the county executive who's unwilling to admit that maybe his approach isn't the best way simply, I think, because of pure ego. You know, we know that testing works. We know that 
you know, testing allows people to self-quarantine and helps prevent community spread. But people are afraid to go and get tested. They don't want to spend $60 on a rapid test. They don't want to wait three days for a PCR test. If we could get free rapid tests in the hands of every Erie County resident that wants one, I'm certain we could help this, you know, help these numbers go down. Yeah, you know, it's very interesting. You're on the air train to go to JFK. You can get a free rapid test. You land in Buffalo, and it's uh, $70 right outside the gate. Uh, it's just so interesting, uh, the different ways. Now, I, I know you know the county executive has this legislative power, this uh, emergency power, but is there any aspect of COVID where the legislature could go over him, around him, to implement anything when it comes to COVID? Uh, you know, right now in Erie County, the legislature's powers are limited to budgetary items, and the county executive is also trying to circumvent that. Uh, you know, he wants to get back the power that he had where he could spend money over $10,000 without legislative approval and put it in the in the 2022 budget for, for COVID expenses. He doesn't like oversight, and he knows that the county legislature majority is willing to you know turn their backs to whatever he wants. And he knows that we have a strong minority who will point out the things that he's doing that we disagree with. So he tries every single way he can to continue that unchecked power. We heard state senators um, uh, Ed Rath and uh, Pat Gallivan, they they put a uh, bill uh, forward to kind of address the situation that's going on in Erie County. Have you had any communication with anyone in Albany uh, about meeting on this, overriding this to get that power back to where we do have checks and balances in Erie County? Yeah, you know, I appreciate the work that they did in drafting, you know, that resolution and that bill. But, you know, they're in the same situation that we are. You know, they're in the minority. You have a supermajority of Democrats in the state. They're not in session right now and won't be until January. Um, I'm hopeful that, you know, their minority, they have a strong minority leader in the Senate with Rob Ort. I'm hopeful that he can push uh, for uh, at least a vote on the bill that would, you know, remove the power. And we'll see where it goes. But, uh, you know, right now it's, you know, we're we're really limited in what we can do simply because the numbers in the legislative bodies aren't in our favor. Speaking of, uh, you said, you know, you're, you're still in charge of budgetary things and um, the uh, legislator passed a tax hike. Can you elaborate a little more on that for uh, the listeners? I think that's the first some of uh, some of us are hearing of that. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the county executive released his budget back in October. At the time, he was anticipating, he, he said, a $40 million surplus for 2021. We had budget hearings where we found out that that surplus was, had actually grown to an estimated $170 million for 2021. And my colleagues in the minority and I said, look, this is not the time to raise taxes. This is the time to lower taxes. You know, the county executive's proposed budget raised taxes by $9 million. We said that's unconscionable in a situation where our fund balance is healthier than it's been in decades. We have hundreds of millions of dollars of federal aid coming in. And we have a $170 million surplus and a change in the way that state sales tax is, is collected and distributed because of online sales tax and the Wayfair decision. And we were told that the sales tax that we're expecting is going to grow by $100 million from this year to next and going to continue to grow because of that decision. So my colleagues in the minority and I tried to work with the majority on a budget amendment package that reduced taxes and still fully funded every program and project the county executive and the Democratic majority was looking for. And we crafted a package that cut taxes by $23 million. The majority refused to work with us, told us that they were only willing to to reduce Mark Polling Cars' increase of $9 million by $1.5 million for 
an overall tax increase still of seven and a half million dollars. My colleagues in the minority and I said, look, that's unacceptable. You know, this is the year to lower taxes. We have the numbers available. We have the money coming in. We were told, no, um, this is what we're doing. We're raising taxes. So they raised taxes by seven and a half million dollars and rejected a package that would have lowered taxes and fully funded everything that they wanted. And then just this past Thursday, we actually found out that that surplus of 170 million is actually even larger because the administration was told after they gave us the budget that our Medicaid expenses are going to be reduced by $20 million next year. So we have an additional $20 million for 2022, knowing full well that we're going into 2022 with a $20 million surplus for next year. The fact that the Democrats and the majority raised taxes is completely and totally unconscionable and a dereliction of their you know, fiduciary duty to their constituents. And this will obviously have an impact on small businesses that have already been greatly impacted over the last two years, correct? It's going to have an, an impact on everybody. You know, inflation is going up uh, like crazy. The, you know, the amount of money that people are actually taking home in their paychecks is, is getting reduced because everyday expenses continue to increase. I mean, look at your gas bill. Look at your grocery bill. Everything is going up. So people are paying more for everything, bringing home less, and getting a property tax increase to boot. It's crazy. Joe, I hate to, to bounce back to COVID for one more question, but are you aware of any other county in New York State that has the setup with the emergency powers of the county executive and the health commissioner uh, like Erie County? Erie County is the only county in New York State that kept the state of emergency for the full you know, 21 months now of the pandemic. I know that in November, a couple of other counties issued new states of emergency, but Erie County is the only one that kept it the entire time. Wow. All right. Well, uh, Joe, I- I'm sure we'll be uh, touching base on this again. I appreciate you taking some time out of your Sunday and uh, go Bills. Anytime. Go Bills. Talk to you soon. That is Erie County Legislator Joe Larigo, the minority leader in the county legislature. And we will have a colleague of his from the other side of the aisle, Jean Vinyl, to give her take on what happened with the stadium meetings and also her take on um, what's going on with COVID-19 in Erie County. So we will have the other side of that at 1130. When we come back, we will have Dr. Tom Russo, who also spoke at the county executive's press conference on Tuesday. He will uh, tell us, um, give his thoughts on mask mandates. We will talk boosters. We will talk the vaccine. We will talk therapeutics. All that and more. If you have a question you would like me to ask Dr. Russo, you can text that in at 716-803-0930 on the Volkswagen of Orchard Park text board. It is Hardline. It is a Bills game day. And I know a lot of you, well, not a lot of you, a few of you are listening right now with the power still out. And if you want an update on that, Alan Harris will have that update for you in about five minutes with the top of the hour news. And then we'll be right back here for another hour of Hardline on a Bills game day here on News Radio 930 WBEN. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. Back clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. 
Odyssey celebrates the class of 2024. Brought to you by T-Mobile. You can count on T-Mobile to help you stay connected on America's largest 5G network. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts.